Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'm getting the ball! Get me the ball! I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money. Tell it for me. Bottle keep popping that water bath. Jack Welcome in to 11 Personnel. Nick Roush here with you. Ripping, roaring, ready to roll. The bye week came at a good time, Adam Luckett. Bye week number two. So, you know, coaches, they always say that. It's ne- they're never wrong. Football's a physical sport. It's good to take a step back sometimes and just heal up. Yeah, and uh, the same applies for podcasters. Um, I was feeling a little under the weather earlier this week. Uh, I think... Sunday, I did the thing where it was like, oh, I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to get my rest. I'll be ready to go on Monday. I had a lot of thoughts from the Missouri game I was ready to share. And then I woke up at like 4 a.m. Monday morning. I was just like, oh, you're you're done, buddy. Why don't you chug some of that DayQuil there and go, go, go fall asleep on the couch? You're done. But after two days and lots of sleep. The good news was is that I didn't miss a whole lot because it was the bye week. Kentucky, they knew. Like, Mark Stoops, he gave his team off Monday, so I guess I earned my Monday off. UK's doing a really good job with those locker room videos after the game, I think. Yeah. We've got two of Stoops dancing in the last couple games. For the Arkansas game, they did that big piece where they showed his, like, pregame speech before they got on the bus. Ooh, that was nice, too, because we had never mm-hmm. seen, like, right the team meeting before they hop on the bus. So you got to see him give mm-hmm. his kind of, you know, that was kind of his motivation speech before mm-hmm. they, you know, got ready. And then you, we got to see him dance. But the real man we got to see dance was Day-Day Hawkins. Oh, that was a beautiful dance. My, my man Day-Day does got not. Got that so flow drip. Oh, man, he's so, so flow. He is the most so flow there is. And for those who don't know so flow, it's South Florida. Um, he's got plenty of confidence, plenty of swagger. And. The thing I just appreciate most is that there's never any rhyme or reason to his dancing. He just flows and then <laughs> goes with whatever comes to mind. It's like me after a few cocktails at a wedding. You see it in basketball a lot. The guy at the end of the bench that's the bench mob that brings that juice on the sideline. Like Pantillus from uh, DePaul. Like him at DePaul. Yeah. Monmouth a couple years ago. The guy that did all the Ooh, yeah. dances at the end. They were really good. Well, for – Kentucky, the guy that brings that juice is Hawkins. He's always dancing, always doing something on the sideline. So it was good to see him get a little moment of shine. Yeah. And he also got some P- – he's getting some PT, and he got some against Missouri well. I think – So he's going to be a guy next year that probably steps into a bigger role. But yeah, for right now, yeah. 
He's just the guy to bring the juice on the sideline. Yeah, right now he's in that um, – there's a bunch of seniors right there, and he's not as meaty as the rest of them. Um, you know, get a little bit more meat on there, he'd be all right. Uh, defensive line play in general. The strength of the team is the strength, Adam Luckett. Yes, it is. It finally is. And I think it took a while. And I, my hunch is that you – know, remember when Mark Stoops said, in the bye week we just clicked. And you're like – Okay, but what does that mean? I, I think that's just what it means, and all of the pieces have come together. And when you're not real, uh, when you can't lean on a guy like Josh Allen to speed rush his way to a bunch of sacks, you need everybody to be on the same page, clicking. And I think now all of those guys are clicking. They're staying disciplined in their rush lanes, and they're wreaking a bunch of havoc behind the line of scrimmage. Right, and then you look at the team. Six of the top ten tacklers this year are like first-time starters. So it's just a lot of new parts, new pieces, um, trying to find their way and find their mold, trying to find how they need to play, a first-time coordinator trying to, you know, find all the bright buttons to push. Mm -hmm. And now you're starting to see that that switch come on. And now you're starting to see this team play with extreme confidence. They're playing hard as can be. We've heard Stoops talk multiple times about, you know, we're just playing hard. You know, this is how we got to be. We have to play hard. And then the last couple games, we've just seen the numbers they've been putting up have been really good. If you just if you just look at since the South Carolina game, they're giving up 18 points per game. If you yep. if you kept that number pretty good in house, it's 15th nationally. So 18 or 16? I counted 15th last night. You might you might have got no no no. I meant like points per game. Yeah. I, my math too. I, I had meant, 18, but you know I've I've been I've been I've also I took college algebra like three times, so that could that could be me. I've also been on like a bunch of drugs, so like right. some of the things. Either I've way, tried, either it, way, it's yes, fine. it's very good. And I, I do know the one number that's right is it's only 288 yards per game mm-hmm. through the last three contests. Right, Missouri. They had top five in all four major statistical categories, the SEC, as far as offense goes, and you held them to less than 300 yard, total yards. Right. The two highest yards per play total for the defense allowed have occurred against Missouri the last two years. So Mark Stoops kind of has Derek Dooley's number. Oh, and Barry, Derek Dooley now lost two games to Kentucky wide right. receivers. So, Oh, man. God, four, I love beating Derek Dooley. This year, the best – performance they had on defense was Mizzou held them to 4.6 yards per play last year it was like 4.05 yards per play of course all those three announced in the second half I really am mad that I didn't go looking for Derek Dooley in the coach's box on Saturday I don't know what I was thinking is he he in the box he's up in the booth yeah okay I thought he was on the field that well in in the notes it said that he was in the box but that's new thing because last year I'm pretty sure I saw him on the field yeah. But either way, yeah. Yeah, because I was Could've hoping – and got a selfie with him. Yeah, and to see if, if he not has the orange pants but maybe some yellow ones. I know with the, the kind of tint of gold in Missouri is more of a khaki. So he could – but he could technically be in theme while just wearing khaki. Dooley strikes me as a guy who wears khakis a Big lot. pants guy. Yeah, yeah. Slacks. Pleated slacks. He has a – I feel like he has a few different Easter-colored blazers oh, in his closet. Definitely. And slacks, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he has, like, full combinations. Um, and he wears them on occasions that aren't just Easter, either. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also, he's he's in that, uh, I, I like that him and Barry Odom are both in that. Like, Barry Odom is to Mark Stoops what Mark Fox is to John Calipari. We're like, they're always complimenting the other one. It's because they just kick their ass all the time. It's like, right. man, he's just a good football coach. Well, he's good. You like him, Mark, because you always beat him. Has his number for sure. Yeah. 
five years in a row now, Kentucky has defeated the Missouri Tigers. And this was the most lopsided of any of the victories that Kentucky's had in that stretch. And it was also, I think, the biggest spread. Um, I don't know, certainly, but 11 points. It was. Yeah. The highest since 2013. Right, whenever Pinkle was coming off of an SEC's championship. Right. And Stoops was two wins. Stoops' first year, yeah. yeah. And then the Missouri team won like 7-1, SEC won the East, yeah. Mm. But, yeah, Odom's been a part. Mm-hmm. Every year Stoops has beat Missouri. He was the defensive coordinator in 2015, head coach 2016 on. And they were all one-possession games until this one. And it was really kind of what we saw in the last three games. We're going to get to Bowden in a second and what he's doing. It's been yeah. awesome. But this defense is driving the bus right now. What they are doing is allowing Kentucky to have chances to win game playing the style they're playing on offense. The, I mean, so if you take away the one score, we can play that game again. Let's let's play that game again. Right. So it was, what, a 77-yard touchdown? You're, that, that means Kentucky is holding them to 200 yards. They really only had one drive. Missouri had one drive the entire night when they put in their backup quarterback where they moved the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Went forward and fourth down. The backup quarterback played like a backup and again, threw it behind him. Second possession, they had like a 15-play drive, missed a field goal. Yeah. So they really had two kind of drives where they successfully moved the ball from the 20 to the, you know, 20, I guess you would say. But, yeah, they the, the, the screen they hit, that was a great play call. Mm-hmm. Caught Kentucky in a bad defense. Kentucky's nickel didn't get off a block. Huh. And that's been Seems an Seems like a theme this year. So, but but, yeah, other than that, the defense has been awesome. And it starts, like you said, it starts up front. Calvin Taylor has been excellent this year. Javon Kinlaw at South Carolina and Derek Brown at Auburn are locks for first team all SEC. Mm-hmm. But Taylor is right there with a few other guys. McTelvin Aguim at Arkansas. Yep. Uh, Sosa. Yep, Sosa. Um, there's a few other I'm blanking on right now that are that are competing for those second team honors. Uh, the guy from Missouri we just saw, Jordan Elliott, he's another guy. So there's about four or five of them right there. And Taylor has as good a chance at anybody getting second-team All-SEC defensive tackle. He's got five sacks as an interior rusher. Which is a lot for an interior guy. He's leading the team in sacks right now. And going into the season, Brad White, he he told this story multiple occasions about um, Robert Mathis. He coached Robert Mathis for the Indianapolis Colts. And Mathis, I I forget if it was an injury or if it was a drug suspension or something like that, but Mathis went from weeding the NFL in sacks to out for a year. And White, the moral of White's story was we lost him, but we had more sacks as a team because we spread the wealth. And you didn't see that right away, but last year through eight games, I, I went back and tallied him, Kentucky had 22 sacks and 45 tackles for a loss. This year through that t- same stretch of time, Kentucky has 19 sacks, 39 tackles for a loss. It's just a few off, and I think a lot of that is because Josh Allen had a huge game in South Carolina where mm-hmm. he had six tackles for a loss and four sacks. So Josh Allen's one big game has a big reason why, but it's not a huge discrepancy because Calvin Taylor has really risen, risen to the occasion, and you've seen other guys play well in spots. So I'm starting to get that edge rush we've been talking about too. Yeah, Bookie Watson, I, I thought he played well on Saturday, and I went back and looked. He didn't have a stat. I was like, hey, wait, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. Mm-hmm. Bookie – Got after the quarterback. He made them throw away a couple. There was a couple times where Bryant got loose on the outside. But they were applying pressure. He didn't even record a stat. And I think you've gotten to that point with this defensive line where it's a different somebody every game. So, Pascal had a tackle for loss. 
in, in like two other tackles in the first three snaps of the game. We had the Cordell Looney game. I think you saw, did Quentin Bohanna get a Quentin Quentin Bohanna made a couple big plays, either this game or the one before. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my point is, is that they're consistently showing up and you're having at least one guy be the guy who reaps all the rewards from everybody playing well. And it's... It's, it, it makes everybody else so much better because if you can get pressure on the quarterback, it puts a lot less stress on the defense. And you see moments like Saturday whenever the, it's raining out there and, okay, the quarterback finally does get a little bit of time, but the receivers aren't used to balls going their way and they drop the ball. What, what White was talking about, Robert Mathis had 19 and a half sacks in 2013, then tore his Achilles, missed all of 2014. Okay, there we go. So that's the, that's the background of that story, but – Boogie has kind of emerged the last couple of games. So what Missouri did and said, we're not going to let this guy beat us. So we're going to be light on the other end. And what? And so when that happens, that opens up opportunities for Jordan Wright. We saw J.J. Weaver get a QB yeah, knockdown. Wright's got a couple of tack- sacks this year so far. Wright got a big sack fumble. We were talking about yeah, turnovers. Yeah. They need to start forcing takeaways. They well, got that, a couple big ones. That one was a huge one that I mean, really just totally flipped the game. Can we just Which take a moment yes. to – Poor, piss poor game management. What in the hell was that? My goodness. <laughs> I think in his mind he knew the rain was going to get bad in the second half. So he, I think he knew that they might only have two or three possessions to really have a chance to get back in this thing. Whoa. we got sound effects now. Oh, man. That scared me. But the, the, what but we're I talking agree. about is the timeout. That, 15 nothing. Yeah, 15 nothing. Chance poor hits – a big field goal for Kentucky. Yeah. So Kentucky <laughs> Kentucky scores three times, but it's only up two possessions. Right. And th- what happens is uh, – I forgot who got the big sack, though, on second down. It was second and eight. Calvin Taylor, he pushed the guard into oh, Bryant, which, just, which was awesome. Th- there is no more – I mean, knocking the, – the blindside cornerback blitz sack is awesome, but just bull rushing, mm-hmm. sacking somebody on their own player, there's nothing more manly than that. But that happens on the second down, and instead of just letting the clock run out at half when you're on your own twenty, and you're and you're like, okay, we're giving them the ball at half, but regardless, we just gotta just chalk this one up as an L. He calls a timeout, and I immediately thought of Kirby Smart in that Georgia South Carolina game. Like, dude, what do you do? Why why are you trying to squeeze more juice out of this when you, there's nothing there? He tries to squeeze more juice out of it. Jordan Wright strip sack. Two plays later. Bowden scores a touchdown. Right. Kentucky goes up twenty-two to nothing at half. Ball game really twenty-two. Yeah, yeah twenty-two nothing. And if Kentucky just put does anything on that first drive, it's I mean, Missouri was lucky that they came out. Cats came out kind of flat in that second. It set half. out. It set well. That what what it set up was if Kentucky just got one score, whether it be a field goal, yeah, or anything in the second half, they were going to win the game. Yeah. And so they just kind of took them out of it. But I think Odom was just I've got a senior quarterback. He's played a lot of football. I know the weather's going to be bad in the second half, and he just tried to steal one. He rolled the dice and tried to steal one, and it backfired on him. Yep. And it was the opposite of what happened last time these two teams played Kroger Field. Kentucky has a comfortable lead, just need to get off the field. They're in an obvious pass situation. They let Missouri run a go route down down the sideline. Darius West takes a bad angle, touchdown, and then it's totally different. It goes from a game Kentucky's – Totally in control of till oh, it's a two-possession game now. Darius West took a lot of those as a junior. Yeah. yeah he had a lot of those bad angles. Um, one player you mentioned before I forget, J.J. Weaver. We finally got to see J.J. Mm-hmm. Your boy's going to be good. Yeah, I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised. <laughs> he had a couple. So He had a burst that I just didn't think he had. So 
that and that's the thing that's really exciting is he's going to be really good. Like now that he's got some good coaching, it's incredible. Yeah. So the the play that he made that really was like, okay, you, we needed him to make that play was right before they missed the Missouri missed the field goal. Kentucky get the Missouri call for a holding. They're out of field goal range and they run some kind of underneath. I forget if it was a drag or screen or what it was. It was just a little. He hit the check down. But Weaver stalks him down from behind, and I think it was like a seven or eight yard gain. Mm-hmm. But he still made it a 43-yard field goal, and it was just enough for them to, to, to hook it. Then he had a PBU in the second half. Yeah, right at the line of scrimmage. He just looked the part. And my thing with Weaver, he's big already. I thought he's going to grow into his body a little bit, gain 20 or so pounds, and maybe move down to the line. But I didn't think he had just that explosive get-off like he showed in that first game. So that's that's a positive sign. Now he's still raw. He's got to work on some moves. Yeah, that but there was he, there was one. But you can see him being you know just kind of a speed rusher off the edge. There was one possession where he got a good rush. It might have been the the right after he got the hurry, and the very next play he had another rushing opportunity. I was watching him, and he still doesn't like the get off. Not for getting off the line of scrimmage, but ripping and getting the offensive line's hands off of him. Mm-hmm. Still. There's freshmanness there, uh, but I, I'm very optimistic. Very good to see him reap some awards too for his patience. Um, like we mentioned last week, all of these dudes are going to redshirt, um, so it was good to see uh, Weaver get some. Uh, as Stoops, what, what was the the word that Stoops said? You gotta you gotta give him some hope. Well, and I think this goes a long way. Just something to chew on. Yeah, Katie McDaniel. My guy. Yeah, your boy KD. He got he registered uh, a tackle. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was another case where it was downfield. He was pursuing. Uh, Jared Casey got in the game alongside him as well. Jalen Geiger got in a little bit. They threw him in at nickel. Oh, nice, nice. So you got a, got a nice but little mix up. This there. entire freshman class, it's looking like is going to redshirt, mm-hmm. which was not by plan. Todd Dotson, of course, got hurt. MJ Devonshire, I think, got was going to play. So injuries kind of forcing that. But it was good to see some of those blue chips that Kentucky got in the last class, Weaver and Casey. They look they looked the part, and to see them out in action and not have any big gaff to kind of do their job was right. a good thing to see. And, and, and they played; it wasn't like they played minor snaps. They played some meaningful snaps in that oh, game. Oh yeah, yeah. It was when the game was still in doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, so good to see from them. Glad uh, they got some reinforcement. And while we're still on the defensive side of the ball. Can we talk about our guys, Chris Oates and DeAndre? That's Smart. what I was about to do that. <laughs> My guy, Chris Oates. Smart football people say to have a fast defense, you have to have a fast mic. If you're not fast at middle linebacker, you're slow. Your defense is slow. I think Chris Oates, just him in the lineup, makes Kentucky's defense a little faster. He can cover sideline to sideline. He's not – you can't really take advantage of him in pass – obvious oh, past man. situations. He, he had one play that was really nice, too. I forget exactly what it was, like a third down or something, where he was just right there. Mm-hmm. And, and if he's not right there on the for the pass, he's he's making the tackle, but, and they're not getting a bunch of yards after catch. Uh, he he First game as a starter, I think, except for that Texas A&M game, which he had to – or Cash had the targeting penalty, and he had to sit out. So technically, second game as a starter, but the yeah. first time it was like, all right, Chris, this is his full. Well, it was his first time starting as 
playing the full game because his two starts before them were cash suspensions. Right, right. So, and he has career high eight tackles. And his boy DeAndre Square is seven. They have 15 combined, mm-hmm. top two tacklers on the team. You got a glimpse of the future. And, and those two guys next year on next year's defense are going to be the dudes. And, and, and you know, like those numbers are good and all, but you know where it really showed up, Adam Luckett? RB1. Mm-hmm. Way around. We talked about it last week. You can't let an RB1 get going. Meet you again. 15 carries, 58 yards. That's 3.9 a carry. Uh, over a yard below his season average. And there were, I think, on the only drives that they really got anything going is because they got him rolling. It was and, that, that drive they missed the field goal in the beginning of the game. It was like a 14-15 play drive. And, and, he, and they got Roundtree rolling. They got him rolling with a couple 10-plus yard runs. But you know what? It they re, Kentucky responded. And that that's really all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Some of it has to do with how well that Kentucky's interior played. Like, those dudes up front were eating the A-gaps. Roundtree had nowhere to go. But uh, a lot of it has to do with Chris Oates and DeAndre Square playing like grown-ass men. Right. Oates had the big run stuff late, forced the fumble on that fourth and one. That's a hell of an exclamation point. Right. Man. Just really lit up Roundtree in the hole. How, how, okay. Big picture. Obviously, last year's defense, best defense we've seen. How does this one stack up to others we've seen in Kentucky? Right now, from what I've seen the last three games, it's the second best of the Stoops tenure, I think. Which is saying something because there aren't too the many. Only one, I think it's a tier above most of them. The, the only one I think is kind of close is that 2014 group. But you have to remember that 2014 group was good early in the season, but that team played 11 straight games without a bye week. Mm-hmm. And they just got they worn down. down at the end, and their secondary – Really stunk. Yeah, for just being honest, yeah, they they were not good. My so, friends used to play a fun drinking game whenever UK corners would get burnt that year. Right. Yeah. But they had you know two war daddies up front and Zadarius and Bud Dupree and then Mike Douglas, Melvin Lewis. Their defensive line was good. Did Linebackers you, were okay. Did you see Bud's tackle for loss Monday Night Football? I did. My goodness, that's how you beat a freaking pull. My, I mean, he just dip, rip, boom. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't even contract year. My goodness, that's how you play during a contract year. Right. Which I wouldn't mind seeing him go elsewhere. Like I think that's pretty pos- pretty possible. Yeah. I think they're, they're, they they want to kind of move him out of the way for T.J. Watt. Yeah, which I don't Somebody's going to pay him. And also screw the Steelers. Oh, what if he went? I can't see the 49ers doing that. But, uh, you know, I'm just I'm, – I'm thinking big. I want him to go to a good team. Hopefully it'll be like Zedarius where he has a really good year, contract year. He goes to a perfect spot for him. And now you're seeing him. He's going to be – he looks I mean, like a first-team All-Pro. He's having an awesome year. Eight I mean, sacks. Kentucky's edges right now. Balling out. Yeah. They're they're earning you – know, what they're really doing is they're helping guys like Boogie. They're helping guys like Calvin Taylor. Calvin Taylor wasn't going to get drafted. He's getting drafted. Right. He's going to Senior Bowl, and depending on how he does there, he could eventually probably work his way in the third round. It'd be inter- round I'd be interested to see how he tests. Because he's, he's not a prototypical – My uh, thing is, I don't think he's – Testing is not going to be his thing. It's going to be seeing him in practice, those scouts down there, seeing him play against guys in real football. Yeah. I think that's going to be the big thing for him is how he performs at the Senior Bowl. If he goes down there and because of his size, if he goes down there and performs, he could be a big jumper. I agree. Wholeheartedly, and we were on to something that I got kind of distracted in a way. No. 
when I asked you about, hey, how good is his defense? Part of the bigger point I wanted to make is that when you have a defense this good, you can stick to your winning formula that won you 10 games in 2018, and that's play solid defense and run the damn ball. Mm-hmm. Today, I've got the reason why I have so much energy and pep in my step, it isn't because of the cold medicine. <laughs> I've got my superpowers from my run the damn ball hat. I finally got one, and Adam Luckett, it feels, it feels good. Keep your head warm? Very warm. And it just, I want everybody to know that. You feel like a tough guy when you wear that hat? I do. I do. I want to just freaking lower my shoulder and run the damn ball because that's what Kentucky is doing well. They've gotten back to that formula. And I, I, I would first like to give you this opportunity to say I told you so. I you sure. don't have to be humble, Adam Luckett. Just, just. I had a few people come up to me, Sawyer going to play? I said, this ain't the week for Sawyer Smith. Try to tell why. And then it was just – it just it was what I thought it would be. I knew Bowden would have that because you saw what Missouri did. They are so headstrong on stopping the run. They get in zero coverage. Oh, yeah. If you make one guy miss, what? zoom. And Kentucky blocked blocked well up front. And I think Grand had some good play calls. They did some check with me's that they really haven't been doing a lot of where they were letting Mizzou shift into what they wanted to run and mm-hmm. then look into the sideline and making a play call. Right. And Bowden just – He's provided a spark and an explosiveness that this offense really hasn't had since 2016. Just that big play factor. He's leads the SEC in 20 plus yard runs, and he's only been getting primary carries for, for three games. For three games, he's ninth in the FBS in 20 plus yard runs. So just look at those are eye popping numbers. It's, he's he's eight yards of eight point one yards of carry through the three games. They factor in the earlier ones when he was getting some of those mm-hmm. uh, kind of wildcat runs. Even factoring those in, he's top ten in yards per carry, second in the SEC. Yeah, on his year he's seven point nine seven, so he's eight eight yards per carry. Yeah, and he's just been in the two home wins. He's been awesome, and against Georgia, he nearly ran for a hundred yards against one of the best defenses in the country. You know that it's it was the best rushing performance of the year, but I think what makes it stand out even more is that he he did it in a very kind of uh, casual manner where you didn't realize it was 200. You know, it's just kind of like he 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 was just popping off like 10, 12. It was, a, well, it was a weird game because Missouri, they had their moments where they really kind of bottled everything up. Mm-hmm. But Kentucky used that aggressiveness against them. And when they got a big play, they really got a big play. Man, the – what made me so happy, so happy, was that Eddie Grant – this was a big setup game for Grant. I think the, you illustrated it in your inside the play with the uh, – the. You, I just call it a, ca- a cat, uh, but a guard tackle counter, mm-hmm. where that was, that was action they had set up for a while, comes to fruition in a big moment. And in the first few drives, they did the same thing that they had done against Arkansas, where they're setting up. They're setting up they're, – they're kind of just running, ramming their head into a wall to give Missouri looks. And as soon as they catch them cheating, boom, they hit Bryce Oliver deep down the middle of the field. They Good had a, they had other 50-50 balls that could have easily been man, caught to. The Mod Wagner one where if he doesn't slow down a little bit because his guy tripped up, I mean, he's all alone. Mm-hmm. And Bowden just put too much sauce on it. The play before Chance Poor's field goal was a one-on-one to Oliver. He had a really good chance That was ball. a great – Great defensive play. Like the Marcus AC, yeah, yeah. one of the best corners in the SEC. Yeah, great defensive play. But I, 
I really think that we found a sweet spot for Grant as a play caller and for Kentucky to have this offensive identity. And that's why I think it's no question you, you ride the hot hand. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that Lynn Bowden is quarterback one. Why take it away from his hands? And as I illustrated earlier today uh, in a post on KSR, the biggest thing is just how much more efficient it is with Bowden getting the ball right now. So before he was uh, moved to quarterback, he was getting targeted. It, the average was 11.8 times per game. But I think in the Florida game or the South Carolina, it was one of those two. He had like 18 targets and only Florida-Mississippi State game, he had he was up there around 16 targets for both games. And only getting like nine catches. Mm-hmm. That is horribly inefficient. Now, he was turning them into big plays. But they were force-feeding Bowden. And when they wouldn't work, he, you could see the frustration. You could really sense it. Now that he's getting twice as many touches and he's averaging two more yards an attempt, the the production just is obvious. Get the ball to your best player and let him make the most of it, and he's done exactly that. This move has enhanced Kentucky's strengths in a lot of ways. They're at their best when they can run a ball control offense under Stoops. That's just been proven. I mean, that's a fact. We can hide from it if we want. Yeah. We can say we need to throw the ball. We need balance. It helps yada, the defense. Yada, yada. Yeah, thirty-three and seven when you get when Stoops outrushes the opponent. Right. So and it helps his defense because Stoops knows if he can just have his defense on the field for sixty to sixty-five plays, they're going to be pretty freaking good. <laughs> and they're going to hold teams <laughs> under twenty points, and they're going to have feel really, really damn good about their chances to win a football game. And it, like I just said, the explosiveness is something this offense, as great as Benny is, and we're going to get to why they're missing Benny too, because they're missing some of that efficiency from the backs. Mm-hmm. But they just haven't been explosive, haven't got the splash plays on offense. And Bolden gives them a chance to do that, not only in the ground game, but one-on-ones in the passing game. We saw against Missouri, they took their chances, they hit on one, and that led to a scoring drive. So that, that he gives them a chance to do that, which is really, really big. Now, ball security's an issue still. He's fumbled yeah. three times and lost all three in the last two games. Yeah. But when you look at the numbers they're putting up, 330 yards, 6.1 yards per carry against Arkansas. 160 yards against Georgia, and that's Georgia. Yep. And then 300 and or excuse me, 297 yards on just 48 carries against Mizzou. 6.19 yards per carry. So they're just that's a first down every two plays. And when you look nationally, just what what they're at right now, Kentucky's up there with a bunch of big-time schools. They're top 25 rushing offense right now. So when and, you look at that – And that's with the first few games not rushing the ball very well at all. Right, exactly. And they're not getting much from the backs right now. Yeah, this was something I know you wanted to hit on, but especially when it comes to explosiveness, you have your moments with the running – with A.J. Rose, and uh, I know we got a score out of Cavassier Smoke. Um, and you get some of the tough yards with Chris Rodriguez. But the explosive plays that we expected to get consistently from them, they just haven't been there. Now, we'll still see a couple a game, but not at the rate that we anticipated going into the season. Yeah. Rose had a 20-yard touchdown, and it was beautifully blocked. Yeah. Inside zone, split zone play. Drake Jackson – Oh. Logan Stenberg they moved just, the nose about four yards, and then Drake 
wallops the middle linebacker and that is walk in uh, touchdown. When you That's how look you at those prom- promotional films like How to Combo Block, mm-hmm. that is exact. I mean, perfect. Right. Just absolutely perfect form, perfect execution. But if you take out that 20-yard run, A.J. had 31 yards on 14 carries. It's barely over two yards per carry. That's just not good enough. From a down-to-down basis, like we talked about before the season started, Cam Rose, can he fall forward? Can he find a way to get three, four yards to supplement between in between the big plays? He's not doing that. And then when you look at the big plays, he has this, – This stat boggles. Like, when you shared it, I was like – what? Really? He had three 30-plus-yard runs last year in 71 carries. Remember the big touchdown against Louisville, the big touchdown against Central Michigan. I think he had a big carry against Middle Tennessee, plus some other big carries sprinkled in. This year, he has one 30-plus-yard carry in 106 attempts. That's just not what we thought we were uh, going to get. No. Everybody thought going into the season that you know he's going to struggle a little bit on the short yardage type stuff or making something out of nothing. That was what Benny was really good at, turning a zero-yard gain into a three-yard gain, turning a two-yard gain into a six-yard gain. We knew that was where he was going to struggle, but what we thought he could make it up and why people thought he could run for a 1,000 yards this year was because he was just going to provide that big play pop, that two yards, zero yards, three yards, one yard, five yards, 67 yards. Yeah, hadn't been there. And that just hasn't happened. And then when you look at the depth – Cavassier smoke has not been the same. We talked about it last week since the Florida game. He had another outing where it's like two carries for seven yards. Him and Chris Rodriguez in the last game combined for just 21 carries on or 21 yards, excuse me, on nine carries. Two yards a carry. So they're just really not getting enough. They are running back production away from having one of the best rushing attacks in college football. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they're that's where they are right now. If they could find something at running back. It's going to be damn hard to stop this this offense, but they 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 just haven't been able to find it. They're trying to figure it out. They're rotating guys in. I think Smoke's probably playing hurt when you talk about that shoulder sprain. Yeah. They gave Rodriguez some chances. He just really couldn't get anything. But Missouri, their mo is stuff in the box and stopping the run, even if it leaves you open for potential big plays. So going forward, they're going to face face defenses that are a little more, a little more, I guess safety concern whether it's keeping the big play in check and that's why I think you're going to see defense start to play Kentucky to prevent the big plays from Bolden but what that's going to do is open up chances for those running backs and these guys have to deliver for Kentucky to go on a run that we think they can go on a run that Louisville game they're they're not going to be able to stop the run and you just have to have backs who are willing to make the most of it Um, and against Tennessee they're not going to get in zero coverage like Missouri did at at least I don't think they're going to Derek Ansley Learned under Mark Stoops. Yeah. Jeremy Pruitt plays the same style of defense at 3-4. They're going to uh, play it safe, and they're going to make Kentucky earn it with, you know, all right, you move the chains, get four yards, get six yards, get seven yards, but we're not letting you get 48 yards. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it's – They're st- not going to go all out to get negative plays. Like it's Missouri. still worth noting that Missouri did enter the game average giving up only 112 yards on the ground a game. It was – Second in the SEC, I think, behind only Georgia. And then Bowden got 200 bounds. And we also must notice that they played other running quarterbacks before. No one did close to, really close to what Bowden did, too. Right. That's very true. But as you said, in order to be able to hand Tennessee an L, uh, that you got to get more out of the running backs. Now, 
we can we can save more of that for next week. They're Tennessee's a weird ass team to try to figure out. There, it's at least from my vantage point because you, it's Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> you know, I, you, you never know what you're going to get. You can tell they're getting better. Offense uh, is very very big play dependent, especially yes. with the receivers. The receivers are good. Yeah, they might be the worst power five team in the red zone on offense. Hmm. Defense is kind of like Kentucky. They keep growing, and they've got. Three seniors right now that are going to get drafted that are really good. They got some studs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be just long story short, it's going to be a slugfest. Bet that under. Punt to win. Use your damn punter because <laughs> Max Duffy is a badass. Oh man, he really is. And th- I mean, the fact that so here's the thing. I don't even want to talk about the run. I no. want to talk about that seventy yard rugby kick. He, he kicked from one hash to the other. That was the part that was even crazier about it is it went 70 yards and he rolled right and kicked it left. And it barely, it bounced maybe 12, 13 yards. Yeah, it was mostly in the air. That dude is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like in, And this goes back to your, your winning formula. It's defense, flip the field with special teams, and run the damn ball. Mm-hmm. And not only that, Missouri had to go to a high school punt return formation. <laughs> Where they had two guys on the They had to put two halfbacks back there. Gosh. Because they were so worried about Duffy kicking where they weren't and not being able to get over there and cover that. And when they did that, that's when you got the fake punt in the big game. Man, that, that the, was a hell of a To run. the ref's detriment, Kentucky survived those two 15-yard penalties that probably shouldn't have been penalties. I, I kind of got why they did the the, – the, the one, uh, not on daily, because typically they let some of that stuff go, like the kind of late stuff. But they didn't call the one hit that Jamin Davis had blindside block, which I know they put an extra emphasis on. They did it for like the first two weeks, and they've just stopped. That's usually how it works. Yeah, but like that was the perfect time to call the blindside block because the play was over and he was past it. But they call that they they, they throw that flag takes away fifteen yards. But Kentucky still drives down the field, delivers the dagger. That was huge just from a – we talked to uh, – I mentioned earlier, Kentucky needed to get a first – they go three and out to start the second half. That's they, what I told people that next to me. I said, we just need to get a first down here. Just to and give they, the defense a break, and they go three and out and right away. And luckily, Max Duffy, I, I think the reason – the only reason why he, he did end up taking it is he didn't catch it cleanly right away. Right. He kind of bobbles it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when he had to evade the pressure, he looked up, and there was just nobody there. He right. only had to go Wild seven open. yards. Yeah, there was nobody there. So I was happy he finally took advantage of one of those opportunities. And look at what I think is fun about all of this stuff that Duffy's done. You, we mentioned that you go from one thing to the next, and it forces teams to go to high school formations. Like, what do you even do at this point to try to, like – like, teams have tried everything to try to – counteract whatever Duffy's doing. Now, he's doing everything. Well, now that he has a fake on book, you're not going to see teams really set. Like, Tennessee has a really good punt returner, Marcus Callaway. They returned one for a touchdown against South Carolina last week that kind of swung the game. He's got, like, three or four career. They have to sit there and be like, okay. they got to play safe. Do we want to try to set up a return to maybe flip this game, or is it worth the risk with this guy who can ju- can either – because the thing about it is is he cannot even fake it because he, ju- he holds the ball for so long yeah. that he, if you don't rush, it doesn't matter. He's just going to sit there and wait until, four until seconds. Until the entire And then he's just going to kick it, and then it's a 50-yard punt. It's down. And there's not, not, no not a damn thing you can do about it. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're going to have to pick their poison. 
and he's going to be a big guy in this next week, but he's been awesome, All-American, and he's getting the credit he deserves. And punt to win. Use 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 your weapon. We're going to look back on that Texas A&M game last year as Cause he, America's Man greatest is, punt off. I looked this week. He took the punting average away from Duffy this past week. He did last week? Or this week. This week. So he must have had a big game that's last se- week. That's 17-yarder. That, I hate that hurt, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really going to hurt. Um, we need a more get a more get get a couple more 70-yarders and we'll be in business. Yeah, yeah. That that, that same guy, Braden Mann, is that his name? Correct. Mm-hmm. He had to – Announced that he wasn't going to the draft this year, which is pretty wild for a punter. Um, but that that may end up being the ca- same case for Duffy. Um, but by the way, I love that Allen Daly penalty though. Oh yeah, I yeah. think that shows you kind of the mindset of the team that they are all in on Bowden at quarterback. Oh, and that you're not going to mess with their guy. And he went over there right in front of that that sideline, and with no back down, and just oh immediately, off the guy. yeah. It's like you're not going to do that to my guy. I like that he immediately now, if goes he on Twitter if he too, and he's it, like, had to do it for the squad. If he would have made his block on that play, Bowden <laughs> Bowden scores. So <laughs> I'm sure in the film room they're like, well, you know, if you just make your block, if you hit him in the damn field, it's a touchdown. <laughs> but bygones but be bygones. He, he got to injury. Two, a couple plays later, he got just enough of the guy to spring Bowden. So Daly's a guy that I would like to have blocking for me. Well, has a big body inside. Yep, he is. Um, but uh, that that point you make, too, I want to hammer it home. You can think that Kentucky needs a passing attack all you want. I think you need an offensive identity is much more important. The, the South Carolina-Mississippi State games, Kentucky dilly-dally too much around trying to figure out who they were. You know who you are now. You stick to your guns. And it was just that Florida game really killed their spirits on top of Terry Wilson. Yeah. There was definitely hanging over effect in play there. Now you've got – You've won two out of three. Your only loss is to a top ten Georgia team where you hung tight for two and a half quarters. They're feeling good about themselves, and they're confident that they can win out. That's where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. This team is confident, and that's incredibly important on a football team because if you've – I mean, I almost quit playing football because we my team was on a three-game losing streak when I was a sophomore. I wasn't playing. Just the entire – when you're losing in football, it sucks. There's not a – you it's go, not a game tomorrow. No, it's a whole entire week in Kentucky. They had two weeks going into that first bye week, or in that first bye, they had two weeks of marinating on three losses in a row, and they could have easily just hung it up and just said, "You know what? We lost Terry. This ain't it. This ain't the year for us. You know, sucks as sucks. Oh well, we'll get back at it next year." Instead, the, Kentucky did the wise thing. They put Limbo in at quarterback, and he rallied the troops. He's he has that locker room right now, and you ride or die with that guy, right? And we've also seen the weather's been so bad that we haven't seen Bowden pass. I, I think, think there's he, a little bit more there. There is. There's a lot more, especially which could be could play in Kentucky's hands this week because there's two games Tennessee really hasn't seen Kentucky even try to do anything other than throw deep for the most yeah, part. A couple of hitches here and there. That's like a couple of slants that mm-hmm. first game and RPO, but and, that's about it. And like we talked about before, Bowden even. Took quarterback. This isn't just putting your best player at quarterback. Like, this kid can play quarterback. He played it in high school. He's could have played college somewhere, FBS, starting quarterback. He can command a huddle. He can run an offense. Now, is he's he – he's electric with a football in his hands. There's yeah. no denying it. And even though he's not, like, dropping dimes on little corner routes over the shoulder, like, he can make enough throws that – 
is it that much different than some of Kentucky's passing offenses in the past? What Kentucky's doing right now is essentially what triple options seem to do. They just pound you with a run, and then every once in a while they're going to take a deep shot. That's why you see option quarterbacks at Navy, at Army, at Air Force. They have 42% completion percentage, but they're averaging 18 yards per completion. Mm -hmm. It's because they're just taking deep shots, and that's kind of what Kentucky's been doing with Bolden, and it's it's working right now, and they just need to keep rolling with it. Keep Sawyer coming along, though. You might need him for something. They needed him in this last game. Mm Mm-hmm. So you never know. That was a hell of a bounce. If they get behind a couple possessions, they're probably going to have to play him. It was one hell of a bounce. Right. A very lucky bounce. Better be lucky than good. Kentucky was due for a couple good bounces. Man, they they were. They absolutely were. And they got him against Missouri. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and and I think Sawyer's one of those where you have him ready for the chance, like, okay, uh, down a couple scores, let's let's let it rip a little bit. Right. Um, And then you can still use Bowden in those cases and kind of mix it up. And gadget plays. Throwing him out there. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe just throwing him out there at quarterback a play. Maybe letting him throw something or hand it off and then just to show something and then maybe try to hit on the defense when they're not in a rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Or a sudden change after a turnover, throwing him out there or something like that. Just, yeah. Or or making him him burn a timeout. mm -hmm. Speaking of sudden change, Kentucky turned it over twice on their side of the 50, the bad side of the 50. Mm -hmm. Defense came out and got two stops. Zero points. Zero total. points out of it. Yeah. That was big. That's something they struggled with in the past this and year. And the offense turned turnovers into points. Mm-hmm. You got that touchdown before half. Was one of them a field goal? The field goal from Chance Poor? No, because uh, they only had one turnover in the first half, and then they had a the Chris Oates fumble at the end. Yeah, yeah. That ended up being the dagger. But, oh, yeah, the Calvin Taylor fumble, they recovered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh, that was awesome. That picture Dr. Mike has of it. Yeah, I've used it a lot. Yeah. Uh, Okay, Missouri game. Have we crossed all our T's, dotted all our I's? Your man found a way to be dry at that game, believe it or not. Oh, Adam Luckett, you stayed dry during the monsoon? I'll tell you what we did. Our seats were not in a dry area, but we had some friends who mm-hmm. came to this game. Mm-hmm. They sat in the Mizzou section, but it was all the way in the corner oh. over the overhang. So I what really it, like the corner angle, too. It's a, it's an angle you don't always watch football games from. It just depends where the ball is. Field oh. goals, you don't have a damn clue what's going on. Yeah, and you don't really have a clue when it's on the side, when you're on the sideline. Even either. the first miss, which I went back and watched on TV, I was like, damn, that wasn't even close. I had no <laughs> idea when he kicked it. And then the extra points for Ruffalo, I thought he hit both of them. Yeah. That, that, well, except the one he doinked. But even the doink, it's, I mean, it's hard, it just, it's you just, can't tell. It's hard yeah. to tell. Yeah. So, I was able to stay dry. We had a Grand old time, and then everybody else was soaked, and we were just chilling up there. I'm surprised I didn't see more people like gravitating up towards the kind of overhang hung area. What happened to the Mizzou fans? They were all getting drenched, and then there was a few rows of them that came up up by us for the second half, and we were having a lot more fun than they were. <laughs> other than the Beatty God, touchdown, how rough does that have to be that you try like? You, I mean, I guess it's the same for Kentucky fans going to Georgia. At least, like, we didn't have hope that we were going to win. Like, that was all for fun. You know, that was all gravy. Missouri fans came, like, thinking they could win this game. And this was going to be their big road trip. And then they just get soaked and then get their ass kicked. Yeah, that sucks. Just absolutely get shellacked. And, like, the part was is that whatever few chances they had early on, they just completely botched every single one of them. Like, you know when you miss that first field goal that it's it's going to be a long day. 
a very, very long day. And that's what it was for Missouri. It's kind of nice. It feels good to be on the winning side. It was good. It felt good to get kind of a pull-away win. Yeah. Statement win. Yeah, you, There's been times where Kentucky, you felt like they were the better team all game, but they only win by like 10 points or so. It was good to be like, put it in drive and just make a statement. That's what happens when you run the damn ball. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what happens when you get explosive plays on yeah, offense. Yeah. Uh, question. So, Kentucky, they're 4-4 four and four right now. What's their final record, Adam? Like it. You know, in my preseason prediction, I haven't missed a game yet. Really? Mm-hmm. I know Jeff Drummond's in the same me, boat, too. Me and – I think Drummond picked the exact same. Really? Throughout the year. That every game was the same. The Florida, Mississippi State, South Carolina three-game skid? Mm-hmm. Huh. And then – now, do you – now – do you have the Cats finishing out 8-4? and four? I do. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. See, here's the thing. In my mind, there's the Kentucky fan in me that's been doing this for long enough who's like, oh, well, Kentucky will lose a game that they shouldn't. That probably already happened with South Carolina and Mississippi State. Mississippi State. I think South Carolina, they were probably going to lose that game. But Mississippi State was the one. The more – that oh, game God. moves away. And then when you see how that, – That was the product of catching a team in a bad spot. Well, you didn't have a field goal kicker at the time. You blew scoring opportunities to throw a pick six first possession. Yeah. And your defense was still kind of Damn figuring stuff bells. out. Yeah, that was just the one. It's like we said after the game, they just don't play well there for every reason. So, hopefully that's the one that got away. But the, the final four teams, very beatable. I've looked up the – the formula is run the ball and – play good defense, and win the field position battle. The last, you know, throw out UT Martin because they're FCS, but the highest-ranked scoring offense you have left, Louisville's like 42nd in the country at like 20-something points a game. Everybody else is a 97 or 120. You're going to be able to hold these last teams to 20 points or less. Mm -hmm. So the key comes down to can your offense get enough big plays? Can you get to that? 23, 24 point mark. That's what they – right around 24 points. and Because this year when they score at least 22 or at least 24, they're 4-0. When they don't, they're 4-4. Yeah. So, I'm I'm bullish on Kentucky's passing game getting better towards the end of the year where they can get – I think they have a surprise element because of the rain the last two weeks too. I think they're going to be able to get some people where they don't think they're going to be able to get them. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing, and I love the bye week before Tennessee. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Man. Tennessee's played – this will be their fifth or sixth straight game, and only yeah. but one of them has come against Power 5 teams. And this UAB team they're playing this week uh, is physical as all get out, and they're going to straight up fight Tennessee in yeah. between the lines. Especially because, I mean, Birmingham's like two and a half hours mm-hmm. away. And they're going to have a lot of fans there. UAB is huge on the disrespect card. Mm-hmm. Their coach was on Feinbaum calling Alabama, Alabama. If Alabama Tuscaloosa so, yeah. wants to play. <laughs> yeah, the, the, Clark. The Blazers do not mess around. So, they're – like you said, I mean, you had South Carolina, which that's a, that's a street fight between the whistles. You got the Alabama game where they actually fought him pretty tooth and nail. Right. And if Garantano doesn't go all rogue on him, who knows how that game ends up. It's one, but it's also they got to play Alabama without Tua, too, yeah, for most yeah. of the game. But all of that being said, they're going to be worn down. Kentucky's going to be fresh. This is a good spot for Kentucky. Unless, actually, I don't know. I don't think The only thing you worry losing. about is Kentucky was such – Really on defense. I think offense needs to rest. Ahmad Wagner's got an injury we mm-hmm. don't know about. Yeah. Offensive line just played a few physical games, let them kind of reset. Yeah. No, it's But the defense was playing at such a high level and you've 
Boogie Watson said on Twitter, I believe Kevin Taylor said in the press conference yesterday, that they just want to play again. They the confidence is so high, they wanted to play this week. Mm-hmm. So you got to hope you don't like kind of lose that edge they kind of established here. Even though that uh, us Big Jays love to complain about the late kickoffs, it's going to be a really good crowd for this Tennessee game. Right, and Not- Kentucky fans, if you're on the fence about coming, you need to go. Yeah, this is a, this is a big game. Going to be football weather in the 40s. Oh, you know who's going to be there too? Banging that big big blue drum. Big Josh Allen. Big Josh Allen. I'm going to try to convince him to come to the. Uh, Game show too. I don't know if I can or not. I don't know if I have that kind of pull, but I'm gonna lean on them. I'm gonna I'm gonna try though. Um, but, but I'm almost certain. But we know Tennessee's gonna. They always do when they're decent. They're gonna show up. Yeah. Let's get out there and let's make this an atmosphere. We love this fan base. Loves seven thirty kicks. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a long day of tailgating. We're going to get to watch LSU and Alabama play in the parking lot, which mm-hmm. is what I wanted. I was dreading if it was gonna be at four o'clock. <laughs> so we're gonna have to get to see most of that game and yeah. then. I have a feeling to go in there, the and that, I think that place is going to be on edge. It should be on edge, and I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a really fun atmosphere. And Kentucky has a really good chance to beat Tennessee, and that's going to be a, that's a party every time, no matter what. You get them at home. You think you're the better team this year. Let's go have a ball. Let's, Let's what, go have a ball. And this weekend we don't have any football, but we're still going to have some fun. Um, got the Breeders' Cup Friday and Saturday, so quite a bit of gambling will be done on my behalf. Um, Good college football slate Saturday. Got the cocktail party, mm-hmm. which you you were contemplating going. I was. My in-laws live down in the Jacksonville metro area. It's a pretty large metro area. Yes. By, by, as far as It's the biggest, uh, like, I guess, landmass. Yeah, largest city by square miles. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... But you, you're, it's a quick turnaround, so not going to the cocktail party. We're not going to make it this year, unfortunately, even though my in-laws had uh set up for us. Mm. They had some good tickets we could have got. But I have to stay in the city. But it got me thinking this week, mm-hmm. what are my five favorite non-UK football games that I watch every year? Okay. Like the five games I just see myself watching every year I think are cool. Okay. So um, these are non-bowl games, correct? Right, just regular season teams that play every year. Because Rose Bowl is up right, there. Yeah, right, yeah. we're just doing regular season. Okay. So Number five. Number five. I start off with the Egg Bowl. Ooh, okay, I like that. Cause they just hate each other. <laughs> and this year the Egg Bowl is going to be my favorite Egg Bowl because both of them suck. Neither of them are probably going to go bowling. They're going to fight each other. And they're just going to play. Oh, my God. When, they, when the one dude hiked his leg up. Off. And like pee. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that was There's awesome. just so much vitriol. Both of those fan bases can't stand each other, and I just I love the. Game. It's gonna be ugly football, mm-hmm. ugly rivalry football, and it's gonna be awesome <laughs> on Thanksgiving night too. I like to move to Thanksgiving night. Oh, <laughs> a fly. oh that's no good. Oh. We have a first, ladies and gentlemen, on eleven personnel eating insects. Ah. Football guy, Nick Roush. Woo, extra protein. <laughs> oh, man, that is. That don't taste good, does oh, it? Oh, and that went right down the wrong pipe, too. I, I guess that's good for uh, uh, whatever, eating. Uh, it's got to be good for homeopathic remedy, right, for a cold? Sure. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man, I was trying to, like, blow it away from a microphone, too, and instead I ended up sucking it back that in. That fly just wants to run the damn ball, too. Oh, man, my goodness, that was weird. Uh, whew. All right. Um Wow, that was bizarre. So I had here's my thing. Some of this is just purely regional basis. So my number five, I was going to put U of L's big game, 
because like it, but it changes too much. Like it was West Virginia back when we were growing up. Conference realignment. Yeah, conference realignments really messed them up. Um, Cincinnati, those games Keg were and fun. Nails. Keg yeah. and nails. Uh, and then in the early years when they were playing Clemson, everybody remembers James Quick forgetting where the first down marker was and the uh, the conspiracy theory that they tried to hide the first down marker from him. But so, but I had I actually had Chick Fil A kickoff in there just the first big game the first saturday yes and since you already said egg bowl i'm gonna go with chick-fil-a kickoff as my number five there you go that's a big one my number four red river shootout it's early in the year you got Mm -hmm. the texas state fair and i like it because it's a noon kick uh it's it's guaranteed to get the game starting off on the right foot and it's always like it's always a million points are scored and even if texas stinks there's a chance that they could win because of the rivalry factor i always like I'm going to get to that one later, but you have the comeback element. I feel like always the team's down big and comes back at the end. The reason – what really made me enjoy it too is when I watched the game at Texas A&M and to see all of the fans there. It was like when we were down at Georgia watching Florida play and they were cheering against Florida. Mm-hmm. Like the entire bar was anti-Florida. The entire Texas A&M place, anti-Texas. Mm-hmm. Horns down, whole nine yards, awesome. My number four, Navy Army. Army, Navy. Oh man, I forgot about that one. It's, man, the there's two things that this I, game has. That it ha- a it's the only the game. Mm-hmm. B, the chances of it being a snow game are very high. And it's a neutral game in a pro stadium, but it's filled. Yeah, it's so odd. And it's fifty fifty. It reminds me of the old IU Kentucky games where it was like split down the middle. Mm-hmm. You get that factor. Oh man, gosh, what an idiot, Roush. How'd you leave that one off? Yeah, that one's it, it's cold weather. It's option football in oh, cold weather. Man. It's just awesome. Oh, especially like I don't know if it was this year or the one before where one of the teams had a late penalty. They were having a late drive, and they had a. It was like everything was going right, and you're like, okay, they're setting up for this field goal, and then one holding call, and it just all goes kaboom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a complete disaster. There's no margin and of error. The way the two teams play, the games are meant to be close because they're just playing that option ball. Yeah, so yeah. And then somebody will throw interception on the the one pass they throw all game. Oh, gosh. Then my number three was UCLA-USC, mainly because they both wear their home jerseys. Oh, so you get So they wear the powder blue. UCLA wears their powder blues. USC wears their reds. It's it's beautiful. It's the color color game. It's a color rush game. Yeah, that's the main reason I like that one. Number three for me, Mm LSU-Alabama. And this is almost – Mainly because the games, when they're at Death Valley, are just incredible. And Coach O has added some extra juice to it. It's always defensive slobber knocker. And my favorite part of it all is how much it pisses off every other talking head outside of the SEC. Oh, well, they're just going to get The, gra- the greatest oh, game ever. D- Danny Cannell is, lo- loses his mind every single year. Well, the SEC doesn't deserve two teams. No, these are the two best teams. That's why they, they are where they are. It's going to be huge again this year. And I, Saban being there before adds a whole other element to it. So, uh, LSU, Alabama, my number three. My number two is the cocktail party. Hmm. I'm a big fan of the neutral games, especially when everybody shows up and it's kind of that 50-50 split. It's in Jacksonville. It, a lot of times it's for the East. It's the two prominent programs. Like like you said, mm-hmm. Georgia fans hate Florida. Florida fans hate Georgia. And I just I just love the game every year. I like the color the color it's the red and the blue. Oh, yeah, yep. And I just I just think it's a great game. It's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. The the reason why I didn't make my list out of Mucket is because I hate Florida so much. 
and especially when Urban was there, they did pretty well. Right. Now, the probably one of the greatest, like it was probably my my introduction to like football outside of Kentucky, where I really started enjoying other games, was when Mark Richt had him do the right. celebration end zone. That was electric. Yes, it was incredible. And Florida got him back next year, but oh, for yeah. that moment, that was awesome. Urban Meyer just. His head exploded. He wanted to fight Margaret the entire game. Oh, man. I'll, and Georgia yeah. just ran him out of the stadium. But uh, so that's a good one. Your number two. That was my number two. Oh, that was your number two? Oh, my number two, Iron Bowl. Iron Bowl, yeah. Simple, plain and simple. Kick six, one of the more surreal moments ever. Uh, in the old Commonwealth Stadium press box, for whatever reason, some of the TVs were on different, like, delays. And – when I saw it happen, I was at one end of the press box, and it was ahead of the other end. And I, like I was standing up to eat before I made my way back to my seat. And I thought to myself, like, are they showing a replay of like an old a past play or something? Like this can't be real. Mm-hmm. And then, like I, I was just in stunned silence. And then the other end started seeing it live, and there was just like an audible, "No way, no way." No, he's doing that? And, I mean, that's just one of the most incredible plays ever. Mm -hmm. And not only are there typically postseason implications on the line, but it's a Alabama is the big brother, but when Auburn gets them, you know it just crushes their soul. It makes Auburn's season. Saban. Oh, man. And I, I I enjoy it thoroughly. I had a football moment for that 2013 game you're talking about. I was sitting at my cousin's house. I was saying, they can't kick it here. You don't kick it here. You don't kick it here. It's a fifty eight yard field goal. He's not gonna make it. Just and you got the you got Al- the better team, go to overtime. Throw a Hail Mary. Alabama kickers. Go ahead, come on. I said, no, he's like and I think my uncle was like, Why why wouldn't they kick it? I said, Because if he doesn't make it, you've got a bunch of old linemen trying to cover that guy. And he if he catches it, he's gonna score a touchdown. Oh man. And he kicked it and I said, Told you, told you they were gonna don't kick it. Predicting the kick six out of market makes you perfect for this <laughs> job right here because nobody else on planet Earth could have that call to Auburn's oh, gonna win the football okay. game. Rest oh, in peace. Yeah, rest Red in River. peace. Rest in peace. Uh Adam Luckett. Number one for me is Red River. I, I, I just love the setup of the game. Love that it's at noon every year in October. And uh, the the style of play between the two teams, I love the jerseys, how they kind of mesh the burnt orange and the crimson of Oklahoma. And usually they're the top two teams in the Big 12. It's always a big game. The two teams hate each other. A lot of Oklahoma guys are from Texas. But Texas should be the better program, but really Oklahoma's the better program. So there's that dynamic going on. Right, right. And that's that's just my favorite game. And they're they're always high scoring, it seems like. Can you guess what my number one game is? We've mentioned many a big rival. Ohio State, Michigan. Yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. The big, the biggest one we hadn't mentioned yet, and this is purely personal because, uh, but for me, it's I go to the wife's for Thanksgiving typically, and everybody. I mean, it's two days before. Everybody's talking about that game. And there's always – they're all Buckeyes fans except for, like, the cousins that, like, we don't really talk to that much. And they're just decked out in Michigan gear. They don't give a damn. They are just <laughs> Michigan, gold blue the whole way out. And my wife's hatred for Michigan, like, really, really just ups the ante. She doesn't care too much about sports at all. But when it comes to Ohio State-Michigan, she wants, 
like last year, it's the happiest I've ever seen her watching sports. <laughs> was that blowout, and that was the most surprise. Like I even it was. Enjoyed, I was I, shocked. I even enjoyed that. Like just the just Molly whopping, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Her her father in law just my or my father in law just hates Jim Harbaugh with a burning passion. That's a game that I really want to go to. Unfortunately, Kentucky Louisville has made that difficult, but I'm, I'm going to make it happen one day at the show. Maybe one year, Kentucky Louisville will shift over to Friday. Man, that'd be nice. There's but, a lot of games on the Friday now, but I still think that would be fun. I would love it if they could get that Friday night. That'd be awesome. But, like, to your point last year, I remember sitting at Hoops, getting the day started off before we headed over to Cardinal Stadium. Oh, that's a hell of a day right there. Sitting there telling people, yeah, I feel pretty good about this under in Ohio State-Michigan. <laughs> these, both these defenses, this defense is really good for Michigan. Hell, Ohio State hit it by themselves. Michigan's going to milk the clock. <laughs> Ohio State, yeah, they'll be able to keep them in check. Oh, man. That didn't last very long. I well, couldn't believe but I, I was just like, this is – then I'm looking at it, I'm like, Michigan's scoring 30-something points and they're going to get a house in this game. <laughs> I said, Harbaugh's got to be sitting there just like, what the hell? And, and the fact that, like, it's completely defining Jim Harbaugh's tenure. Like, just – I mean, it's kind of like Patino at Louisville where you, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you don't beat your rival, nobody cares. Yeah. You have to beat your rival. He hasn't done it. The, guy, the guys before him haven't done it. Is it like 11 in a row now? I think maybe 12. That's it's up there. I want to say like – I want to say it's like nine, but it's like 17 in the last 18, something like that. What? They won in like 2012, the year Trestle – like they, they had that, that weird the year, the Grande year where he was interim, or no, the Luke Fickle, Luke year. Fickle year. They yeah. won that year, but they yeah, but it's other than that. So I want to say that was like 2011, but other yeah, it's like 15 out of 16. There's also the element where you've got the old Boshim backler and Woody Hayes, just mm-hmm. old salt of the earth, just sons of bitches, like yep. just old football guys. I well, I enjoy Bo that. Bo was a Woody assistant, and then Bo makes Michigan good. Mm-hmm. My my question for you, Adam, look at after watching Ohio State completely dismantle Wisconsin. We I know everybody's gonna be focused on that game next weekend between LSU and Alabama. But is Ohio State better than both of them? Yeah, they're the best team I've seen so far. Right now they are. I think Chase Young. God, that dude. I think he has a real chance at winning the Heisman. He is he had four sacks and two forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were running him up at Mike Linebacker and letting him rush the passer in like dime. <laughs> he was, he is so good. Mm-hmm. And, He's a freak. And, and people pay a lot of attention to Justin Fields and J.K. Do- Dobbins has 1,000 yards already. In August last year, Ohio State had Chase Young and Joey Bosa on their defensive line. Yeah, the fact that that or, dude. Yeah, Nick Bosa, out. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Dan Bosa's, they're all the same. But like the th- stuff that Josh Allen did last year, that's young except – Right off the bat, like I felt like it took a little bit to get Allen going, and Josh Allen got held so many damn times they didn't even call it. It drive me nuts. Yeah, he's just he's a freak, and I think he has a real chance to win the Heisman. And they're they're the best team I've seen. They're just crushing teams. I think Cincinnati's got a pretty good football team, and they just destroyed them in week three. And that's when I was like, whoa, because I thought I was like, I think Cincinnati's pretty good. I think they can hang with them. They're going to be pumped for this game. It's in state. Fickle going back to. Ohio State. Yeah. He knows the roster. Like they're gonna they're gonna hang with Ohio State and it was never close. So they just got trounced. And, and the thing that Ohio State also had the benefit of is they got Penn State at home, which mm-hmm. is their toughest remaining game. And yeah. at Michigan. Yeah, they'll they'll crush Michigan. Michigan's again. offense though, starting to look a little better. We'll yeah, see how yeah, they do the next yeah, couple weeks. Yeah, we'll see. Um 
And then in the Big Ten Championship, they're going to play Minnesota. Minnesota, Wisconsin is looking like. Yeah. And, I mean, so I – Yeah, it would be a shock if they weren't number one going into the college football playoff. So, here, here's my other question, Adam Luckett. What happens now that Oklahoma's got an L? Like, that, that, that loss – Shocking. I mean, Kansas State did how how they they did what you have to do to beat Oklahoma, and that's possess the ball, run it, and limit the times that Jalen Hurts has the ball in his hands, and then, you know, well, it was the old school Oklahoma defense. They just kind of had a lull there. They didn't play really well all day, and Oklahoma's offense had a couple drives in the third quarter where they didn't score, and then a turnover or two, and then boom, Kansas State's got a big lead, and then there's not enough time left for Oklahoma to come back. To me, what it does, it opens up for two SEC teams. Now, if Alabama loses to LSU next week, they don't have the resume, but they got the Alabama factor. LSU But if LSU loses, they have the resume. I don't think you can keep them out over a one-loss Oklahoma or a one-loss Pac-12 champion. They beat beat Texas, neutral site, Florida at home. They beat Texas on the road. They need Texas to start winning. That one's going to hurt them a little bit. They need them to start winning. But for a non-conference game, right. still, you got Texas, beat Florida, beat, beat Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, so, like, especially compared to Alabama, who, mm-hmm. I mean, Duke. You know. So, so okay, let's just say, for argument's sake, it's Clemson, two SEC teams, and Ohio State in the playoff. What does that mean for Kentucky's bowl chances? That opens the door for the Outback Bowl. If Kentucky gets eight and four, and that happens, they're going to the Outback Bowl. Let's make it happen. It makes the ceiling the Gator, or the, not the floor, the Gator Bowl. <laughs> That's pretty good. If Kentucky gets to seven and five, in that scenario, they're going to the Gator Bowl. If they don't, if that doesn't happen, and they're sitting at seven and five, it's going to be between Gator and Belk. It'll probably be pretty close. It'll depend on what everybody else is at schedule. But this game. With Tennessee is a big one for bowl, not only for to beat those SOBs, <laughs> but for bowl bowl slots. This is going to put Kentucky ahead of them, and this and South Carolina losing is big. Yeah, because they're like them. they're looking at five and seven now, so that eliminates competition. So Kentucky's got a great. Now, me personally, I want to go to the Gator Bowl. Because I have family, family yeah, down there. Yeah, yeah. You got the you. You can stay for a week, and it's, right. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm going down there eventually, or if, no matter what, and then I'll have to either <laughs> drive over to Tampa or won't have to drive over to Tampa. But it's a great chance for Kentucky. Yeah, but and these are bowl games where they're going to play somebody that we're going to like to play. Like fans are going to be excited about who they're going to play down there. Not Iowa. Likely. Iowa too. I don't like that bowl matchup. That's a thirteen to ten. Like well, punt the damn ball, let's go. Punt <laughs> like, to win. Like I like it, but there's also like a like I would love it. This is this is fighting fire with fire. You got the I would just want it because then they're gonna show that old stoops picture mm-hmm. with the old jersey on. Which by the way You know who has a tie into the Gator Bowl? Uh Big Ten. Notre Dame. Oh, that'd be fun. And they're right on that uh, If they don't make the New Year's six, that's probably that or the Camping World Bowl are probably the most likely spots they would land. Camping World Bowl stinks too. That's early. That's if they that's if they drop some more games like they fall to Virginia Tech this weekend, um, but man, I'm excited. And you know the reason why we really need the Outback Bowl. A, I have bad Outback Bowl experiences. B, Kentucky's due to avenge mm-hmm. that loss that never happened. C, it'll be a preview for the SEC tournament in next year, is, or is it 2021? That's in Tampa, St. Pete. I think it's two more years in Nashville and then 2021. I think maybe it's one. 
I don't know. I have to look it up. But yeah, it'd be a preview yeah, for so this So we get a nice little uh, preview. And we could get the Michigan bump. Every year, an SEC team beats Michigan in the ball game. Oh, man. And they get the Michigan bump offseason. I would love to just – and you know what that would do for recruiting, too? Mm-hmm. To just beat that snot out of – Or they could go play man, P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. Even, it's not until 2022. Tampa was – I don't know. Yeah, not until 2020. So, we, what is it, three years in a row in Nashville? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. I hate how they're doing that. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of over Nashville. Yeah, me too. Go back to NOLA. But I will. Go back to NOLA. Come on. The Dude. crew will be going down to Nashville for Vanderbilt game. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, you're gonna you're making the trip? Making the trip. Second road trip of the year. I'm hoping – so, here's my ideal day, Adam Luckett. That's Kentucky – Kentucky gets 4 o'clock SEC Network. Go down, perfect. Go down Friday, mm-hmm. watch UK, EKU on Broadway or at Tin Roof, Midtown, whatever. Go out on the town, sleep in, Kentucky wins, drive home Saturday night. Get, a, perfect. get See, a good day of sleeps on Sunday. We're going down Saturday, staying Saturday night, and then going home Sunday. Our plan is hopefully get that midday kickoff, then hit Midtown, watch some college football, go to winners and losers, and have a good night. Winners and losers. Never been to that one. There's two bars right next to each other called Winners and Losers. Miss that one, yeah. Hey, you know what? What we'll show me now? I'm, I might spot. have to change those planes. Maybe go to the EKU game Friday night basketball. Our buddy coaches down there. Go for Colonels the, for the Colonels. Yeah, man, this was fun. We went a little longer than normal because um, I didn't give you a football podcast. So hey, you know, it's give and take, yin and yang. Hey, and it was fun to like talk other college football. See, football podcasts, you have to. You have to go to a special studio. You got a nice table with a logo on it. Yeah. Food. Yeah. Here, we're in cramped quarters. Yeah, we're in an office. It's a small right office. Right behind the Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. Just enjoying... Uh, Random pictures. Yeah, like... What, what, has I don't even know funny? how to describe these pictures. It's, it's like babies dressing overall, saying, you've been farming long? I mean, I guess it's funny because they're babies, but like, come on. Yeah, this is a bizarre office. But either way, vacation experts will hook you up with an excellent vacation. Yeah, well, he's got a beagle over here. Like, with just a, I know, it's a bass and But I want everybody to enjoy this bye week. Next week, it's on. Beat Tennessee. I got to tell you all, folks, Luckett's putting his helmet on whenever he starts talking about Tennessee. He's strapping them up. Man. He's ready to kick their ass himself. The one thing Mark Stoops really hasn't done, he needs to beat these guys He's only beat him once. Yeah. Need to beat him more consistently. This is a big spot at home. Got some momentum. Fresh off a of bye. You've been really good at home. Mark mm-hmm. Stoops is in the midst of his best against the spread season. Five and two against the spread so far. Mm-hmm. At home, they've been really good the last two years, other than that Georgia game, especially at night. Go make He's it happen. Go get a win. Go make it happen. Kick some volunteer ass. Enjoy the bye week. Happy Saturday. Happy Breeders' Cup. Choose wisely. Pick the fast ponies. Go cats. Go Kroger.